As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Jerks and Profar, bro. No. Jerks and Profar. Yeah, there's no. been a lot of text, yes. there's no. been a lot yes. of text no. messages flying uh-huh. around. Hello, everybody, and welcome to your favorite show in the whole wide world. It's under the radar in-season edition. We got some games. We got some stats. Let's get to it. With me, as always, my friend and yours, Sorry if I'm cranky. The Brewers can't hit Bruce Zimmerman, so I'm very bothered by that. Your friend of mine, Egan. I'm sitting here uh, being excited about Jorge Mateo sealing another base and walking in every game so far this season. Jorge Mateo uh, was a gift given to us by Dan Connolly several times over in the preseason. And Mike Curlin was, I think a lot of us on the staff were all over him. Uh, So there you go. If you paid attention, you should have been all over Jorge Mateo. Also, Stephen Kwan, who we're going to get to in this show. Um, I'm I'm trying to find his... So here's the strange thing about Stephen Kwan. As of yesterday, I believe, I don't know. I got to find out when I got this. When I got this email, um, AL Rookie of the Year, he was five plus five thousand. He's five to one. I'm sorry, eleven days ago. All right, this is from eleven days ago. Eleven days ago, Stephen Kwan was f- plus five thousand, fifty to one. Today he stands at ten to one. Still behind, you know, the usual suspects: Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, Spencer Torkelson, Adley Rushman, tied with Riley Green. Somehow tied with Josh Jung, but Stephen Kwan has come all the way up to uh, ten to one odds. Interesting. Can he get it done? Diver. Now, nah, but it was a fun bet before the odds moved because in the scenario in which all the top prospects, you know, struggled or maybe one missed some time with an injury, Kwan was the kind of guy that could carve out an everyday role. I think the Rookie of the Year award is always. It's kind of a playing time centric award. The best rookie doesn't always win because of when they get promoted. So there was definitely this long shot argument for him after the huge weekend he had. Another couple hits, I think, on on Monday in the early game, too. I totally understand why the line moved, but any interest I would have had in that is totally gone, even though the great start does help his case a little bit. Uh, So, I mean, Ian, if you're voting for rookie of the year... I mean, Stephen Kwan could be like 321 with 20 home runs. So, no. Uh, you don't think so? N- not 20 home runs. I-, I don't think 20 home runs. And 321 would be amazing. Uh, if he hits 321, he-, he has a chance to to win the rookie of the year. Well, that's what I was going to say. Or-, or the other guys with lower lower batting averages and higher home run totals. What's more attractive to you? 
I mean, three twenty one would be very attractive. You know, that's like Tony Gwynn at this point. Well, let's say he's three. Let's say he's three twenty one fifteen, and Torkelson's like two sixty five thirty one, and Bobby Witt is like two fifty five twenty one twenty eight. Twenty eight. Bobby Witt would win in that situation. You think with the twenty twenty almost yeah. Right. Yep. I, I don't. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I think Bobby Witt. Bobby Witt made a play, and and rookie of the year is not just fantasy stats, right? It's it's like all around play. And Bobby Witt is like such a good baseball player. He made a play at third base, throwing a guy out. And by the way, we're we're we're, we're recording this on Monday out of gratitude to my partners because I've got a family uh, health issue. So so our normal day we couldn't do. So you're gonna hear us talking about things that you might be like, that was like two days ago, or that was like a day and a half ago. And that's why and it's because of me and it's the guys are great to to back me up with it. So I appreciate it. Um, so but Bobby Witt made this play the other day that was just insane. And Wander Franco, who I know is not going to be up for Rookie of the Year, also making just great baseball plays. I think that that's going to play a lot. I think Stephen Kwan is a nice piece. You know, it's a, he's a he's a nice little piece right now, especially in an average league or, or OBP league. Like what DVR is referring to is uh, he he's over two with two walks and two runs, and he doesn't strike out hardly. So. It's an interesting, it's an interesting idea, but I'm going Bobby Witt number one. Torkelson and Julio Rodriguez are struggling. Well, yeah, that's what they're that's just not hitting. I think that's what's happened a little bit, but I mean, there's so many candidates like ahead of Stephen Kwan in the American League that, uh, you know, it's not like say a Suzuki struggling and that brings someone. You know what I mean? Like it's it's just like Stephen Kwan basically has to go through like four boss levels to win this Rookie of the Year award. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm just wondering what it might take. You know, At 321 with 15 home runs is will will get the job done. I mean that 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 wins over 265 21 home runs 28 stolen bases for me. I don't think he's going to do that. Uh but it's exciting to watch and, and watching I have to say watching baseball this weekend I don't know if everyone else had the fortunate experience of being able to just sit and watch baseball. I kind of did this weekend. It was like opening weekend. It was cold and rainy in New York and I just watched baseball and watched these guys that we've been talking about, talking about, talking about, and watching them perform and looking at the box scores again, it's like so great. I, I don't know if you guys feel that way, but it's just awesome. I've loved it. What's the number one thing you walked away with? We need a couple of Ian Conisms here. Oh, we got like the whole show is we got the show. We're going to do that. But DVR, is, did you have that experience this weekend of just sort of like, wow, this is awesome. We did all that work and now we get to enjoy it. I felt like I had a game on from almost the time I woke up until a little before bed. I mean, that's the beauty of West Coast baseball with a lot yes. of day games sprinkled in, too, which around opening day, you get a few more of those. And I think it's it's funny because you, you spend months and months preparing for the season, and three days can rattle you in certain ways where you know you feel you feel like you might be loud wrong about some players if they have even just one bad series because it's the beginning, right? It, it wouldn't matter if this happened in, in May or June, but because it's the beginning of the season and excitement is high, each game feels like it matters as much as those last couple of games at the end of the season. And yeah. every game in between matters just as much as the games on the ends. That's the funny thing about fantasy baseball. Uh, but yeah, I had a great time watching a whole bunch of different teams. I thought uh, Verlander and Syndergaard, that was probably my favorite pitching matchup that I watched for a good stretch this weekend, and I think he. Ah, I think that was great. They just both, they both seem healthy again. I know Syndergaard didn't have the strikeouts, but the Astros don't strike out that much. 
I, I, I came away impressed by what both of those guys were bringing after, you know, missing basically all of last season. I got a question for you guys, and actually, I'm just going to steal it from Tout Table. Um, you know, just talking about this and looking at the early stuff. I think the question on Tout Table was like, what are you looking at in these first uh, couple weeks? You know, to help draw conclusions. And I read the whole thing. I was the only one who's like, nothing, man. I'm just going to sit back and, you know, not <laughs> turn, turn my brain off because, like, you can't tell anything from these first few weeks. I mean, yeah, okay. Daniel Bard is the closer for Colorado, which not a lot of us expected. Um, all right, there. He looked good. Yeah. He looked good. But he had the opportunity. Colome in the eighth did not look good. Colome looked overmatched by the park. Daniel Bard looked like somebody who had been there before in that park. He looked good. His ADP by the end of the year was like. 535 or something, man. I was fortunate to get him the first week, uh, the Wednesday before the season started in Tout NL. I got him for $44 out of a thousand. Who was the second? Um, Who was second highest? Like two? Nothing? No, I don't know. I don't remember, but I I just remember $44. And it was a lark. It was like, eh, maybe, you know, kind of like what's going on with Tyler Duffy um, and Emilio Pagan in. Minnesota. In Minnesota right now. So I was just like, I, I got lucky. I caught I caught the break. You know, I'll give my answer to what I'm looking. And I, on the top table, I you're talked right, about Dynasty hey, You were, right, you were right below me. I thought that was kind of neat. I enjoyed that. Oh, I saw yeah. it. And I put myself, I was like, hey, me and my partner. Yeah. Um, I, <laughs> Next top table, I'm going to insert myself under you. Okay. Yeah. Well, I'm going to bump, gonna bump people down. Pay somebody yeah. out. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just the three of us. Sorry, Fred Three Ziggy. of us put in our... <laughs> Uh, he's the goat after all. So um, on the top table, I talked about Dynasty Leagues and how I've talked about on the show, how late April, you can start even earlier, mid-April. I, I've made my first trade, um, but mid-April, you can start looking at teams that look like they've got like, let's say they have Lance Lynn and Lucas Giolito on the same team and they're in a keeper league and you can sell prospects to them for players. Like you can start doing that now almost, but certainly in, and that's what I talked about on the top table. But what I'm, what I'm really looking at is playing time. I'm looking to see, okay, which one of these guys, and I'm going back to Jorge Mateo because it's like beyond my wildest dreams of what would happen with him because he is the starting shortstop. He plays every day. The, there's an Urias plays every day, and then there's a, a timeshare between Odor and, oh, what's his name? I can't, Gutierrez. And um, Urias moves between second and third, but Mateo is the every day. If by some chance you're in a 10-team league, a 12-team league, and Mateo is still out there, which he was in one of my 12-team leagues, Please go get him right now. Please go get him. He's going to play every day and he's going to steal anywhere. He, If he stays healthy, he's going to steal a minimum of 30 bases. And this is before the inevitable Ryland Bannon call up. Right. Well, Bannon will, will not mess with his playing time. He is the guy. Yeah. Jorge Mateo is the guy right now. Things could change. We, we almost lost him. It was so painful. Mike Curland and I were texting each other because it was like when he got hit on the <laughs> oh, hand. Oh, you didn't call him? It was he like, doesn't merit a call? No, we spoke. We spoke. Uh, and he said something so funny to me. He said, um, I, I just hope you don't start doing impressions of me on the show, of my voice. I was like, nah, nah, your voice is right down the middle. I, I, there's nothing I can do. But we talked about the Jorge Mateo love of it all, the athletic love of Jorge Mateo. Um, as soon as he was traded from San Diego to Baltimore last year, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Here we go. This is it. This is the perfect soil for this player. And he's playing and he's thriving and he's running. Please, if he's still available somehow, please go get him. He was a former top prospect. I mean, you were talking he about was. he's like he came out of nowhere. He's twenty five. You know, is he twenty five? 
27? He, he's 27, and he was a top prospect when he was like 19, and then he was nothing for a very long time. He was a, a prospect when he was in the Yankee system. They traded him for, in the Sonny Gray trade. He goes to Oakland. He gets buried there, and then he gets he's there for like three years, buried, like not doing well, then gets moved to San Diego, and then San Diego moves him to Baltimore. So like he, he was a top prospect, but that's like... That's a long time ago, but that's the upside, really, of prospects and following prospects because you get to understand where they come from so that when they do pop up, you know that's the guy. Now, Mateo, it's just a, you know, it's just very exciting. Sorry to talk about him so much, but that's what I'm looking for. That's what we're here for, man. We're here for the people listening for this Mateo stuff. But and the, and the other thing they should be listening to is Connor Joe is going to play every day. Yeah. Period. How about that? Heck, dude. Oh my God. What a what a what a surprise. Oscar Mercado. If you're paying attention, Oscar Mercado might have that job in right field. Now Josh Naylor's coming back, but I don't know if he's worth a dollar pickup in your league, especially if it's a keeper or dynasty league. He might even be on the wire in some leagues. That'd be so. Yeah. Th- th- those are those are some of the things that are going through your head. Yeah, I've been going through my head, and we got more. Uh, well, DVR, yeah, DVR. DVR, you what, are, DVR, yet, DVR. what are you? DVR, what are you looking to at the beginning of the season? What did you write, and what are you looking? DVR to? doesn't participate in Tout Table. By the way, Tout Table, we should explain. It's ToutWars.com. Uh, it's you know all of us who participate in Tout Wars. You can go and uh, and check out like opinions from. Basically, it's a requirement. You have to participate. Like I think. I don't know four to- four times throughout the year. Whatever Zola Zola runs the whole thing. God bless Todd Zola. He, that guy gives so much to the fantasy industry, and he puts it out. And then he puts out a question. He says, "Hey, if you want to answer, answer." And then sometime in like August, if there's somebody who hasn't answered, he's like, "Listen, you got to do these, or you're not going to be invited back." But they ask a good question, and every fantasy analyst a- analyst gives their point of view. So DVR, I don't know if you did the Tau table, but what are you looking for in the first weeks of the fantasy baseball season? I'm just looking for early skills growth in StatCast. There's not a lot that matters on a micro level, but we're looking at things like max exit velocity. Not because it's the be-all, end-all, but because it gives us an idea as we get a handful of batted balls of just how much raw power a player has. Uh, We talked about it on Rates and Barrels on Monday with Stephen Kwan, right? Because I think the big question with Stephen Kwan is, how many home runs is he going to hit? The average is going to be good. OBP is going to be good. Playing time should be there. But is he a 10 homer guy? Is he a 15 homer guy? Is he a 20 homer guy? There's a pretty big difference in who he is as a player. If he's at the higher end of that scale, if Stephen Kwan is another Michael Brantley, okay, that's really good. If Stephen Kwan is more like a David Fletcher that plays in the outfield, well, okay, that's still good. But that's not as interesting as if he's another Michael Brantley. I'm looking for velocity changes for pitchers we saw a few aces who were down uh, we saw a closer Oof. ryan presley who was down quite a bit even though he, he got the job done we're looking for new pitches this time of year uh, even just changes within a pitch mix some of that can be matchup related but if um kyle wright is a good example of this kyle wright looks like a totally different pitcher to me right now the curveball usage i think was up at 40 percent in that first start i think the velo ticked up a little bit as well that to me it, it almost like erases everything about him as a player prior to this point as far as like the big league results go. Because if you come in with a new pitch mix and more velocity, you might as well start over because you didn't have those tools before. So anything that could lead me to make an early season decision that might stick for the long haul like that, that's where most of my attention is. And I, I do think the playing time trends are, are important. Bullpen usage is important. It's just, it's really... 
it's really important to watch that for about two weeks if you can. I know you have to make yep. decisions on a half week at the first wave of pickups, but this this week, these next seven days are going to shed a lot of light on just how firm some of these players' grasp really is on their roles. I mean, Jorge Mateo yep. going four for four and starts through Monday. That's awesome. Jeez. If we get to the end of the week and he's nine for nine, ten for ten, that's huge. If Ramon Urias is not getting days off, he's just moving between two positions, that's pretty meaningful too because he's another one of those players that in that park, even with the changes, with that kind of playing time, he could actually be an early difference maker that sticks around to to really change our teams. Oh, by the way, uh, Mike Curland is still tracking all this stuff. Uh, if, you, if you hit him, find him on Twitter. Yeah, I think he's just Mike Curland on Twitter. Um, K-U-R-L-A-N-D. He's going to be doing this in season. He's got a Patreon. I mean, like I wish we could have him writing for us every week, every day. Uh, but unfortunately, we can't. We're going to try and work him in. I, I think monthly, maybe you know, a couple, couple here, a couple there. Um, but his work is really incredible. And a lot of us who kind of followed him, you know, a lot of the readers, subscribers, whatever, followed him this preseason. And basically, everything he's pointed out has come to fruition so far. Um, it's good. And it's all these people are, like good. surprised about stuff, and we're like, yeah, we, dude. He wrote about how Jazz Chisholm was batting ninth versus righties or lefties or whatever, um, like weeks ago. Like he was just telling everybody that's happening. Jazz Chisholm made a catch at second base that was out of this world, man. That was just, it was insane what a good catch it was. He's a, he's going to be a really, he's a really good baseball player. Another guy, uh, just a prospect guy. Can I throw a prospect guy out there just because we're talking about Jazz Chisholm for one second? Yeah, we'd be Khalil Watson. Khalil Watson. I spoke to a, a friend of mine who's a real good prospect guy. Said he saw him. <laughs> Just say James Anderson, man. Come on, we'll be fine. It wasn't yeah, James. If it was James Anderson, right. ding, I would have said James Anderson. But I don't know if this guy wants me to say it, whatever. So I'll, I'll ask him. But he was like, Khalil Watson's the best player from the 2022 draft, and it's not close. They saw him play and was just like Khalil Watson. So for people who are listening to the show, if you get somebody who is selling prospects and Khalil Watson is there, go get Khalil Watson, apparently. He's hit two home runs over the weekend, too. So Khalil Watson, everybody. Who someone would be selling prospects right now? That's a tough one. Like I could understand selling no. like your Nelson Cruz because you don't think your team is going to be any good. But no. But if you think your team is going to be good, I have an offer right out out right now with a one prospect for one pitcher. That if the guy who's not doing real well might want to consider, he'll get a really good prospect for a player who we can only keep for one year, and he can keep this player for a long time. You know. You don't want to tell us who the players involved are. Nah. That's a weird. You're being very secretive today for no reason. Am I? Yeah, I think no. it's strange. Is everyone, everyone, no. DVR is texting me on the side saying this is very bizarre. <laughs> I don't believe it. Uh, I don't believe it for a second. <laughs> Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
I want to get into um, maybe quickly, maybe not this Joe Adele conundrum. Uh, I, I looked at CBS. Well, first I saw some some I guess some chatter on Twitter, and then uh, you know I follow the fantasy baseball subreddit, and that was one of the headlines. Like I'm dropping Joe Adele, and I went in there, and I'm like, you know, it's probably just a couple people saying it, and then a bunch of people like, no, 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 you can't do that. And it was a bunch of people actually just continuously saying like they're dropping him for player X, they're dropping him for player Y, and uh, and you know, there were a couple voices. I don't know. I don't know if I want to call them voice of reason because maybe I'm the wrong one here saying don't worry about Adele. You know he'll be fine. It's been you know nine at bats, uh, but you know he's pl- he's going to platoon a little bit. Apparently Joe Madden said he's going to platoon him a little bit. Um, apparently he has some problems with the breaking stuff, and the pitchers are exploiting that a little bit. But man, I don't know. Man, this is Joe Adele. You know, like he's supposed to break out. I don't know. If he's, I mean, we were right about everybody. Luis Robert, which officially is Robert, I guess. Uh, according it's to Robert, <laughs> it's it's Robert, it's Robert, it's between Robert and Robert. We, right? We have DVR? the official MLB pronunciation guide. Let DVR tell you. Yeah, we have the official guide, and then the White Sox put up a pronunciation <laughs> of him saying his name himself, which is definitely like in between the, the two ways that everybody else Perfect. thought you could pronounce it, which is just phenomenal. It's awesome because it's it's not we've been saying we for a while we said Louis Robert, then we said Louis Robert, which sounded like he was from Wisconsin, which he's not. And now it's Louis it's Louis Robert. And it's Michael Kopech. Robert. Ah, anyway. <laughs> no, first we answer ask DVR to talk about Joe Adele, and then I'll be happy to talk about Kopech. But go ahead, DVR, what do you think of Adele? Go ahead, Diver. Are we burying players based on one bad series against a team that has very good pitching? If you go and have a bad series against the Astros, that means you can't hit big league pitching anymore. That, that's that's what we're doing. Like, I think this comes down to the type of league you play. In. I think if you're in a 10-team league, yeah, maybe there is a strong case to say he didn't play every single game of the series. He got one game off, and he's striking out a lot, but that's a pretty quick hook. I mean, that's got to be 10 teams, three outfielders in a utility where you had him as maybe your last hitter on your <laughs> roster, and you said, oh, well, I want someone that's playing every single day because I can have that. Okay, like those leagues exist, and a lot of people play in those leagues. But in a 15-team league, are you actually dropping a player based on that? Yeah, it's, a, it's one bad series. What, what else is there? There's one other thing, though, and I just thought of this while you were talking about Adele, There's, and I don't disagree with what you're saying or what Nando, what you're saying. But there was an interview that Joe Madden gave like two weeks ago that was weird, right? Adele was breaking records in spring training. He was killing the ball. Everyone was talking about it. His his ADP was going up and up and up and up and up. And then Joe Madden said something that was so weird. He said he still has to do more things to really be a great, to be a real major leaguer. It was something to that effect. It wasn't even like be a great major leaguer. It was like he still needs to understand what it is to be a major league baseball player. And I believe they went to Adele and asked him about that, right? That put a little question in my head about how much Joe Adele was going to get in terms of time. I've been surprised how little he's played. I'm not worried about him striking out and having a bad weekend. That's I'm worried about Mookie Betts because I think Mookie Betts is hurt. Oh, Cody Bellinger too? No, I just can't. I just he let him break out on somebody else's team. He's not going to break out on mine. Um, but. Joe Adele, it made me a little nervous, but he's not a sell for me, and certainly not in keeper dynasty leagues. He's darn near not. Is a sell. he a buy? But in re- I mean, he's always a buy. Well, I'm just saying, like, is he? But I mean, like, are you aggressively buying Joe Adele, or are you just kind of like, no? You know, if he shows up no, on a waiver wire, yeah, that's easy to say. But I mean, yeah. like, do you make no, an actual show up on a Do you make an actual move for him? No, not right now. I, I, not right now. It's it, the leagues are too. Everything's too. It's too early for that move. You can't price him right. 
You know, you still can't price them. And I don't want to pay. I don't No, no, I don't. I don't go and try to get Joe Adele. Uh, and, and I'm not sure. I'm I, I'm not sure. I do understand. But one thing I would say is the only people who are going to read that thread are people who are thinking of dropping Joe Adele. <laughs> right. They're like, drop Joe Adele on Reddit and it comes up. So then they're going to post on it. The people who aren't looking to drop them aren't looking to see what everyone else is saying. I thought it was interesting. That may, that may be why so many people are kind of, you know, saying, yeah, drop them. To be fair, the thread headline was something more along the lines of like, uh, Joe Adele can't hit breaking balls. <laughs> and there was some video attached. Uh, that's tough. You know, breaking balls are tough. I know. I know. They're hard. All right. They're that's hard. what Joe Adele taught. Well, you know, because it seems like every year people get it. Oh, don't drop them. Don't panic. Blah, blah, blah. But, you know, the whole thing with the platoon and the breaking ball and uh, just thought, thought worthy of breaking, uh, bringing up. Ian, you want to talk? Uh, let's, go, let's go down the Ian rundown. You want to talk Michael Kopech? You know, look, I've been talking about Michael Kopech on this show for as long as we've been doing the show. It was like first week, I watched him as a person who rosters Michael Kopech. I watch him. I watched him this weekend. My problem was this. I was watching him pitch, and it was very, uh, very frustrating to watch. One, because he didn't have great command. I think he walked a couple of guys, maybe. Stuff wasn't quite as electric as I was expecting it to be. It was more like 95, 96, and I was expecting 98, 99. Um, but I, I just hated watching him on the mound when he was dealing with failure. Like, I'm more and more sure that this is what I'm looking for, you know? And he just doesn't, does not pitch with confidence, does not pitch with, you know, like, all right, that one missed, but I'll get the next one, which other guys do. And like Nestor Cortez, who's uh, got a two-start week this week, and I am starting him in a couple, in at least one league, one big league. He's going for my team. Um, he pitches with all confidence, right? And not much stuff, but a lot of moxie. And watching Michael Kopech, I did not see a lot of moxie. DVR, did you get a chance to see him at all? I didn't see him. Look at the underlying numbers. 95-3 on the fastball as a starter after 97-3 as a reliever. That's about right for how much okay. you lose usually moving roles like that. So I, I don't know. I'm not not as worried about this velocity drop as I am about guys who didn't change roles and lost sure. two ticks. I would like to see a third pitch more often because it was very fastball slider heavy the first time out. And I think if he's going to be good for more than five innings, that's going to be a really important thing for Kopech to show us. And, and last season, it was you know, the occasional curveball and the occasional changeup. It was the curveball that he was throwing. I don't think he threw a single changeup in that first start. So I'm more of a wait and see. Uh, you, you've had a longer term concern about Kopech's makeup, I think, that has, yep. has been. Very emotional roller coaster. Yeah, it's, it's been there for a while. It's just, it, there was a moment to buy when he was just so you know, on the trash heap, it was like, go get him now. Cause he's pennies on the dollar. He's been, you know, he's a year out from Tommy John. People have been looking at him on his, on their roster for too long. They'll let him go, you know, but no, it's always been, it's always been a question. And now I, now I roster him in AL labor. So it matters to me how he does. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's, but you know, that's the game. It's crazy. You've that's ended up game. together. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> oh, and I, and I traded for, and we traded Brett Sarah and I traded for him in the Dynasty League too. So, like, there's a lot of Michael Kopech in my life right now. Like, it matters how he does. How's Dr. Thomas Scott team doing? We're doing good. Yeah. We're in, uh, yeah, in the Maki League. Dr. Thomas Scott, poor Dr. Thomas Scott last week during the Maki draft just got too tired. He was like, I got to go to bed. <laughs> He's a doctor. <laughs> this poor guy has patience the next day. This poor guy. And you're like, hey, yeah, know, what do you think? Was, Hans Krauss? He, he, 
He was like, we're in the third round and this guy's taking way too long. And can I please go to battle? I was like, I got it. I got it, Tom. I got it. <laughs> you know, he's, he, he's, he's a good partner to have. He's a good partner to have. He always listens to the show, which is great. That is great. Uh, Shout out. Yeah. David Peralta, David Peralta. Is that who you put down here, Nando? I thought David Peralta was interesting. It was actually, I'm stealing this from uh, Sirius XM. I was driving, I had to drive yesterday for like an hour and uh, put on the, the Rotoballer show with uh, Mike Florio. And they were talking about David Peralta. And I just, I'm like, oh, really? Like, I mean, I know uh, Zach Buchanan wrote about him preseason. And then they were talking about just how he's like a boring vet. And I started to think, like, you, we got these guys who are kind of like boring vets who are having a nice start to the season. Andrew McCutcheon, David Peralta, Daniel Bard. Um, I'm sure you can loop in some other guys too, but I don't know. It just got me thinking, like, is this sustainable? Because really, he just gets injured. I mean, he's got like torn pectorals and a bunch of weird stuff, but. You know, David Peralta, when healthy, has 30 home run power. And if you're, I don't know, I guess it's too late to make bids now. Uh, He's done it before. Let's not hum. Watch your hums, young man. (laughs) 2018. Long time ago now. four years ago. Well, last year, he played 150 games. He only hit eight homers. Yeah. What happened to him? He was playing hurt. Okay. Okay, I I, I can entertain the argument. I don't know, I'm guessing. He made a great catch in left field this weekend. A great catch. I forget who it was against. It was Padres, so I don't know. You know hey, jerks and Profar, bro. No. Jerks and no. Profar. No. There's no. been a lot of text yes. There's no. been a lot yes. of Carol no. text messages flying uh-huh. around. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I woke uh-huh. him up Saturday morning uh-huh. by accident. All you people with your phones on. Listen, jerks and Profar. I'm not saying, but I'm. he got in the main event this week. He went, I put in a bid with Robert Mershak. Oh. For eighteen dollars for Jerks and Profar, and he went for forty-two, and that person got a good deal because Profar is hitting home runs lefty and righty, and he's playing. Is he not? If not every day, pretty darn close to it. Number one prospect in all of baseball, man. Let's. I mean, let's not forget. I'm just saying, I got him in the reserves in Maki. He's in my lineup this him week. Him and Byron Buxton. Who'd have thought all these number one prospects in all of baseball uh, are getting it done? Well, let's not put him. Let's not put. Profar in the same breath as Byron Buxton. The one, we can't. Num- hold on. Yeah, well, they were both number one prospects in baseball. Prospects. I, I should do this for two minutes. I want to know if Jerks and Profar changed his swing or did anything. <laughs> yes, he did. He did. He did. Let's, we're going to go with them? yes on that. <laughs> I don't know, man. I don't know. I'm just excited. He had it's eight like, barrels last year. All season, he had eight. He has two already this year, which is pretty good. That's a, he was playing hurt. It could just be noise. Everyone was playing her uh, last year. Is anyone a member of Baseball America? Yes, I am. Uh, can you go log in to, <laughs> to, 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 to all-time Baseball America number one prospects? Uh, I'm not. No, uh, uh, no, no. Geez. You know, actually, wait. Hold on. Google. Let me do it right here. View twenty-nine more rows. There oh, you go. No, are you a member? Yeah. All right. Sorry, Baseball America. <laughs> I do respect you. Yeah. No. I'll, we'll, we'll, we could look at that. We could definitely <laughs> dive into that next week. <laughs> Uh, we could definitely dive in. I, I will. Let me talk a little bit about uh, what DVR. Did you answer the last player, whoever that was that we were talking about? Oh, I don't think David Peralta has the 30 home run ceiling anymore. He's a nice player. He's 34. Yeah. It's been a little while. Profar, I just want to see something different in his approach that would make me think that he's finally going to do it. We have talked about jerks and Profar for this is year four of the podcast. Yes, yes it's true. He has made appearances in multiple episodes <laughs> in all four seasons of Under the Radar, and I have never really bought in, and I, I'm no, not... No, you have not. You guys I'm keep bringing him up. I'm not falling for it. I brought, I brought him up. It was me. It was me this time. I was fully me. 100% me. I brought him up. 
Ian, when are you going to do another Dynasty ranks, a different player. By the way, uh, I'm going to do I'm going to do the Dynasty ranks right around where I'm talking about with uh, towards the end of April. Where do you put Profar in them? Where do you think he's going to fall? Say he keeps us up to a degree. If you had to do it today, where would you put Profar? Like 170. Oh, great question. No, 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 no. <laughs> he's still young. <laughs> no, he's no, a kid. No, 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 no. Three forty six. Twenty nine. Thirty. What? He's twenty nine. Yeah, three, not 346, three, 356, <laughs> maybe. Um, but I'll put, you know where I put Byron Buxton? I will tell you this. If you remember on last week's show, we talked about whether I could, Rob Mershak and I could take Byron Buxton at 16 if everything fell where, because I didn't want Woodruff, right? Remember? I didn't want Scherzer, I, and I was scared of Bueller, right? So if Bueller fell, we would have taken it, but who we wanted was Betts, Devers, or Albies. That's where we wanted to be. But there was a, a way that if all those pitchers fell to us at 16, we would have either been forced into taking one of those pitchers, which we decided to do with Bueller if it fell that way and it didn't. Or I proposed the idea of taking Byron Buxton, believing that Byron Buxton is just one of the best players in the game. Well, it fell to us. Devers was there, thrilled. Mookie Betts is there, thrilled. I think he's hurt, but still at the moment, very thrilled. Um, Buxton is going crazy. He's doing what Buxton does. I want to add one more thing to this. This main event has Phil Dussault in it. Oh, yeah. And Jung. What's his first name? I don't know his first name. I'm sorry. And amongst many other great players. And I had a chance to talk to Phil Dussault on the phone. I called him on the phone right <laughs> the day after the draft. <laughs> what am I, nuts? Thanks, it's, just, I mean, it's just the fact Please. you're calling Dussault and Mike Curland on the phone now is just kind of fun. It's like you're, It's like a new season. And like new characters. <laughs> new characters. Yeah. No, I don't know. I mean, you know, Curlin and I had to talk about the Mateo because we were both hot taking uh, Jorge Mateo as our hot takes, as our sleeper picks. And I just wanted to check with him, make sure he was cool with it and that he understood I've been hanging with Mateo since for a while now. And he was like, yeah, totally. It's all good. And then we're just the partners in the Jorge Mateo fan club. And Dussault is, you know, put up the season of all seasons and he was willing to take my call. So why wouldn't I call him and sort of hear what he thought of the draft that we had just done together. Are you being humble about all this? Like, you don't really, like, you're like, hey, me and Khan from TV. No, I don't talk about that. Nobody cares about that. I mean, he knows who I am from the fantasy baseball world. No, we just, we, we'd exchange, like, I had sent him amazing job last year. He, he sent me congratulations last year. So then we were in the same main event. He's, there are 47 main events. He's doing four of them. I'm lucky enough, and I say lucky enough, to be in one with Phil Dussault because it's like, why not go up against the best in the game? That's right. The the understood best in the game. That's Let's right. go. Come on. You know, and he bid 23 last night for Tyler Duffy. And I bid, we bid 23 last night for Tyler Duffy. And he got Tyler Duffy. And that's, that's the game. So let's go. Every week I get to put my head up against the, the robot. It's great. Are you kidding? Is that sure. that's his nickname? In, that's his name. I mean, DVR, can you explain what Dussault did last year? Do you know? He won everything. Everything. You just don't play that many high stakes leagues and win them all. That's It's the it's the best season that I've ever heard best of season in ever. fantasy baseball. Yes. Outweighs anything that has been done before. It's the it's the greatest season in fantasy baseball history. And he, he won the auction championship, number one overall. And he won the regular main event, number one overall. That's two totally different leagues. He won like How 17 of the 21. Teams? Was he just going to get his guy? I don't know. I'm not, I'm not tr- at no, all I don't trying think to take so. away from I think, this. And, and actually, I think it it's in the, uh, it's in the fab, apparently. Uh, it's in the fab uh, that he yeah. does it. 
he, he it's his weekly pickup. So that's why I'm 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 excited to learn from the guy, get better, and compete against him. You know, and compete again. Lucky enough to compete in the main event this year for the first time. So it's all it's, it's, it's like, all been it's all been again for really the first exciting. time. Ian. Well, no, I'm saying I'm grateful. I would like. Yeah, no, I'm just saying I'm I'm great. Again, I am grateful to be able to play in the main event because, you know, I never did it before. So I'm excited to do it now. You know, speaking of lauding people, I I watched Billions. I binged. I kind of half binged Billions. And Corey Stoll, your friend Corey Stoll has done a really good job as like the main guy. Corey Stoll is a brilliant actor. Yeah, he's great. Brilliant. He's brilliant. Brilliant. We have the same. We had the same agent for many, many years. I wouldn't call him a friend. I would call him a colleague. <laughs> right, it's fine. different. You're my friend. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, I mean I, if, if someone, wanted, if you saw Corey, like, is he kind of your friend? You go, no, nah, he's a good actor. I know him, but no, no. Corey Stoll is Corey Stoll is one of the Corey Stoll is truly one of the best actors of this generation, unquestionably. So in every medium, great on, great on camera, great on stage. He's he's the real deal, man. All right. Well, if he's not your friend, then never mind. He was just okay. No, you know? he's hey, okay. He's my friend. No, I know. Sorry, I'm just kidding. Actually, no, he was good. He I was don't good. want to make it no. sound like you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like this guy. <laughs> Thomas Scott something? is a friend. Yeah. Thomas Scott actually is. Well, I talked to Thomas Scott on the phone two times a week, during, certainly during the season. Louis Robert is an injury risk. I just want to put that out there. Watching him play baseball is so exciting. Every time he steals a base, I am sure he's going to come up with a broken hand. And then he slid into home yesterday headfirst. And I was like, dude, you are like, you just missed a car accident. <laughs> like, I just think I, I think he's dangerous. He's a dangerous player. Please don't, jinx, player. Please don't jinx him for all of us who are heavily invested I, I, in him. I don't think it's. I don't think it matters. Uh, I just want to say that, and I could be wrong. And 162 games later, he could play every game and win the MVP. And God bless him, he should. But I just had this moment. I was like, ooh, he's gonna get hurt out there. Interesting. You know, that's yeah. Just, hopefully not. So sell. Yeah. Hey, uh, DVR. <laughs> Guess who I got a bid in, and I don't think you're going to like this. I just feel like this is a guy DVR is not going to like. Um, <laughs> and it just file this under, what happened to this guy, and could this guy kind of be like a different kind of version of Cedric Mullins, like coming back from the dead? I have a bid in. Oh, should I say it out loud? Because it runs tonight. If I screw it, I don't care. You're fine. It's no. not going. The show won't go out till tomorrow. Oh, that's right. Bubba Thompson. Bubba Thompson had a great spring, is off to a hot start in the minors, quietly had a pretty good year last year after like tanking. Uh, former top prospect. He had 16 home runs and 25 steals with a 275 average in double A last year. Um, All right. See? Yeah. That's a Nando guy. A, I think, I think he really guy. is. And he's, dude, I, like, I'm like, Bubba Thompson's like 27. He's 23. Uh, he was a number 48 prospect in 2019 and then went on to hit 178 uh, with five home runs and 12 steals in 57 games. But in 104 games last year, 16 homers, 25 steals. I think, like I remember, like I thought he was so much older because everyone, I don't know, a lot of people talked about him, um, and they stopped. And so Diver, you hate him, love him. Haven't really drawn any sort of real opinion. What kind of league are you in, in which you are picking up Bubba Thompson? It's dynasty. It's uh, well, Scott, the Scott White Dynasty League, 24 teams, points league, so they're not bigger rosters. Uh, you got a 12-team minor league system. You can only pick up those players through trade or the draft, though. So I'll be carrying him on the end of my seven-man bench, uh, you know, at a dollar. And then next year, he'll be $3. And the year after that, he'll be, don't know the rules enough, something. <laughs> I want to say five. <laughs> All right. Every year, you incrementally add, like, I think $3, then five, then seven, then 10, then 10, then 10, then 10. Well, here's the thing. It's a question for you. 
how open is center field with Adelis? Like, is he is he keeping the job because of his defense? Is he keeping the job because his defense and his bat will be good enough? Or is that a spot where someone, whether it's Thompson or Leody Tavares, someone else is going to be taking on the bulk of that playing time? Because that, to me, is the best path. I think Brad Miller is going to hit. He's going to play on the big side of platoon. Yep. He's got a five-year run of double-digit barrel rates. Brad Miller can hit the ball hard. He strikes out a little bit too much, but he's good enough to play. Cole Calhoun, also good enough to play. So if they're hanging around all summer and those two guys are playing well, they're going to keep using them. If they're not playing well, they'll trade them, and there's plenty of spots in the outfield. So is Thompson good enough to basically take over center field if your guy, Adelise Garcia, doesn't hit enough to keep the job? No, he played right field the other day. Adelise. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Come on, uh, Diver. By the way, I'm also getting outbid on these home run challenge cards, so the world's taking notice of Adelise Garcia. Well, two of, two out of the three starts in center. But yeah, he plays both, so I don't know why they're playing Eli White. It's an opportunity. There's one spot, at least, in that outfield that could be up for grabs. I don't know. I guess I don't know if I see enough in Thompson's profile to think that they would prefer him to Tavares, they both are pretty tooled up. You know, who, who do they like better internally? I, I think that's a bit of a, a guessing game right now. They're both 23. Keeper League, would you rather have uh, Jerkson Profar or Bubba Thompson, DVR? Profar. Oh, that's pretty quick for a guy who hates Profar. Well, there's a guy, <laughs> one guy's in the big leagues and one guy might be stuck at AAA all year. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Maybe he'll get traded. Rangers seem like a team that can make some trades and they'll be like, oh, we got Bubba <laughs> Thompson, you know? The Rangers have the best path to playing time for him. I guess, I mean, unless Tavares decides that he's awesome again. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. Hey, Frank, a little birdie told me you don't need a satellite dish to get DirecTV. What's little birdie? Was it Jimmy the Sparrow? It's a figure of speech. Point is, you can stream DirecTV over the internet now. Oh, sure. Next you're going to tell me those big birds are made of metal and filled with people, right? <laughs> you mean airplanes? Stream DirecTV without a satellite dish. Visit DirecTV.com. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Yeah. All right, anyway, Ian, let's get back to your stuff. All right, well, uh, I want to fill everybody in. Quan has now tripled well, and knocked in three runs. So his line today is three at-bats, two runs, one hit, three RBI, two walks. He's geez. getting 692. He's going to be plus 800 by tomorrow morning. He might be. He might be. And here's another weird thing that's happened. Alberto Mondesi has hit into two double plays today. Oh, that's weird. That's no good. That's just weird. Are they, that's just weird. Are they shifting the on? They're not shifting guy. on him or anything, are they? No, nah, it's just he's hitting it hard right at somebody. You know. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about is I, I wonder if you guys have had this experience. You're watching a game, and we've talked about this before, but you, you're rooting for the pitcher and the hitter for different reasons. And then I'm doing the mental math in my head, going, "All right, well, I've got Taylor Hearn who's pitching." But right now, he's facing Chris Bryant, who I have in this league, this league, and this league. I have Hearn here and here. But the pit, you know, I kind of want the pitcher to do better than the hitter, whatever. And like the best example of that was Marco Gonzalez was pitching. I had him going in two different spots. This brings in a player that we have on the list. And it was first and second, two outs. Somebody hits a ground ball to Adam Frazier. Gio Urshela blocks the ball. Frazier gets, fumbles it. 
error, bases loaded, two outs, up comes Gary Sanchez. And I say to myself, Gary Sanchez hit a home run. It doesn't hurt Gonzalez because these will be unearned runs and it'll give you a home run and four RBI, which will be great for AL Labor. Boom. Home run, left field. And it was like the greatest feeling to... And then, and then it happened again where Mullins was facing Corey Kluber and I had Kluber going in a bunch of places and Mullins gets a hit and I'm like, ah, all right, I guess, you know. And then Mullins steals second. I'm like, oh, forget it. That's totally worth it now because, I mean, you know, we got stolen bases everywhere. So I wonder, do you guys ever have that experience when you're watching games where you're like rooting for both? That assumes that I watch games. <laughs> DVR, <laughs> when you're watching games, do you ever find yourself rooting for both? Yeah, it happens all the time. I usually root for the hitter in a lot of these situations because you know a pitcher's going to give up usually two or three runs in a start. It's pretty normal. And if it's a scoreless game at the time, well, he's going to give runs to somebody, so might as well be my guy as a hitter. Interesting. Try to be realistic. Uh, That's interesting. I'm always going for the shutout. Like right now, did I talk about Taylor Hearn on the show? Have I mentioned him? Have I just said... He's a guy that I'm kind of grabbing late, under the radar guy that I'm grabbing late. Let's just assume no. There are new people listening all the time. Taylor Hearn is giving a Taylor Hearn <laughs> performance right now. There are people who are going to show up who think that you and Phil Dussault talk on the phone for years. Nope, nope. First time this past weekend. Solid 30-minute call, though. Really, really cool. Um, Taylor Hearn... Brett Sayre wanted to pick up Taylor Hearn in a league where we share a team. So I was like, oh, all right, yeah, I always like Taylor Hearn. I mean, he throws hard from the left side, a lot of movement with his stuff. So I've got him going in a couple of leagues. The game is going on right now against Colorado. He had the most weird first inning ever. Like uh, Connor Joe singles, another guy triples. Connor Joe gets thrown at home. Like, you know, he hits a batter, he walks a batter, ends up giving up one run. And now he's through four. He's now through four with one run, one walk, and eight hits. Eight hits he's given up. Only one run, but here's the here's the other side. Six strikeouts through four. Yeah, 12 swings and misses in the start. Hello. Good velo. There's something there. I mean, it's There's more something of, there. It's more of like a streaming profile, I think, than a guy that yep. we're going to look at and say, yeah, he's good to go. Leave him in all month. Nothing bad will happen. But uh, I do <laughs> no. think the, the schedule thing here that's important is the Rockies were just in Colorado over the weekend. They go, they travel to Texas, they play right away on Monday. That first game, when Colorado goes on the road after being at Coors, that's an extra friendly streaming spot. Like This is a this is a lineup that you can still throw pretty average starters against when they're not in Colorado. We saw the results last year. They struggled to put runs on the board almost everywhere. So keep that in mind. That first game, especially when they go on the road, that's when the breaking stuff looks even you know more more nasty than it really is because they're still adjusting we got to get that guy on from vmibaseball.com visual memory index the stuff al al wrote about it's fascinating all right well i mean i mean maybe not maybe we could just do a bonus episode where we talk to him uh it's just so fascinating like the way the ball moves and how if you've been there for three days you're adjusted to the curveballs and so if someone comes out throwing curveballs you're just gonna hammer them and the other teams aren't ready for him because they're coming out flatter because of the uh, the density index. That seems like such an Ian thing. I can't believe like you don't study that. Yeah, but you can go to the website and like study it and be like, "Wow, this has really made me a better player." I'm gonna do that. All right, I'm gonna do that. <laughs> okay, cool. All right, I am. I'm gonna <laughs> do right. that. Diamondbacks, A's, Pirates. I think you can pretty much throw anybody. Teams that stink. 
I mean, Kyle Gibson strikes <laughs> out ten thousand dollar pyramid. Yeah, no, but <laughs> teams that stick. Um, you can throw anybody against those teams. Diamondbacks and A's for sure. Like the both teams, like I mean, Kyle Gibson ten strikeouts, seven innings, and then like someone did the same thing the next night, and then the Diamondbacks got no hit twice, two days in a row by Darvish and Manaya. Aren't you just streaming guys against those guys at this point almost? Almost? DVR, would you do that? Yeah, Nando, how many Diamondbacks? Uh, yeah, I know you know David Peralta. How many starting Diamondbacks right now can you name without looking up their depth chart? I'll probably have Ian guess and see if I can beat this. I'd put the Wait, over under pitchers, three and a half. Do pitchers count? No. Position players. Also, this is kind of messed up. They're trying to embarrass me in front of all of our listeners and I, friends. I think I could, I, I could try. Go ahead. I, got, I, got, I can do... I'm gonna, do you want me to do it right now? Go for it. There's Dalton Varsho leading off. Yep, that's correct. Mike Curland. Uh, Ketel Marte. Yep, perfect. Other than David Peralta. Yep. All right. Uh, oh, my OOTP guy, Christian Walker. Seth Beer, yep. opening day hero. There you go. Um, hold on, I'm going around the dodge. Jake Lamb playing third. Uh, he's a dodger. <laughs> I know. Uh, oh, oh, I got Carson Kelly on a bunch of my teams. So Carson Kelly, catcher. Yeah, all right. So you, you got it. So that, you got it. Look at that. You got more than, I mean, you know, you got a lot. That's not a bad group of hitters. That's an okay group. Where it breaks down, though, is the other group of guys. Paven Smith, playing. Christian Robinson. Uh, he, Robinson's not I know, Robinson's there. not there. That's an Ian guy, though. I just, yeah. want, to shout, I just want to shout his name out. Right. No, they got Drew Ellis yeah, and Cooper Hummel and... Who? Yeah. Who? Right. Well, that's what we should be talking about because they are under the radar. Well, usually it's Nick Ahmed. Yeah, bad shoulder for him. So Perdomo's playing right now. It's a lineup you should be streaming against. You should be streaming against. The guys that Nando had right off the top, that's not a bad group, but the lack of depth in that lineup means I think there's a lot of strikeout potential in the bottom half of the order especially. Yeah, and I think mediocre it's... starters can do well against them right now, so you, you should take advantage of that. And ever since they put in the, the humidor at Chase Field few years ago that's not the hitter friendly park that it was back in the peak goldschmidt era like it's much closer to neutral now than it used to be so i think there's there's a little bit of that too oh uh don't google christian robinson by by the way (laughs) oh i had no idea that was going on don't think of pink elephants all right next uh best (laughs) managers in baseball (laughs) yeah that's a nice light topic best managers in baseball buck showalter is this buck showalter thing no, oh, right. no, it's not. It's not a Buck Showalter thing. It's a it's a AJ Hinch thing. That dude is so good. And an Alex Cora thing. The two guys that I was so mad at because I was like, they're the best managers in baseball and now they've like ruined their legacy. They're the two best managers in baseball to me. Those guys are so chill. They're so relaxed. Oh, someone asked me, rule number uh, the three rules for Little League. You're a listener to the show, and I didn't post them on Twitter because really Rule number one, have fun. Rule number two, focus on every pitch. Rule number three, respect yourself, your teammates, the opponent, and the umpire. That's it. Those are the rules. You dropped okay. to wear a mask? So there you go. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, Pandemic's no, no, over. No All right. Well, I don't know. If I, yeah, but yes. I drop, totally drop wear, wear a mask. That's such good life advice. Um, if you just change a yes, couple words. I, yeah, they, they it works for, that's the point. It's not about getting 11-year-old kids to be the best baseball players. <laughs> I think, it, I think in your case, I think it is. No, no, no. It's about making them the best men that they can be and helping to instill certain things in them that will actually help them play baseball better and will help them take tests better, help them give speeches better. It's, it's a philosophy. It's a good philosophy. Jake Diekman. Did anyone watch Jake Diekman last night? 
in the ninth inning, strike out Aaron Judge, Giancarlo Stanton, and easily Joey Gallo. There was no question Joey Gallo was striking out at that point. Jesus, am I over that guy? My son looked at me and said, you know, are we supposed to think he's good? Because he's really not good, Dad. I was like, no, we're not supposed to think that anymore. We're not supposed to think that about Joey Gallo. But we can say about Jake Diekman throwing 95 with movement, ridiculous curveball. Matt Barnes has got back issues, got issues, issues, issues. Diekman's the guy. No question. I picked him up in a league on Thursday when he came in in the 10th inning and uh, when they had a one-run lead. And I was like, oh, okay, it's Diekman's the guy. And then he came in Sunday night and saved that game. It wasn't Thursday, it was Friday. And saved that game. Did anyone else catch it? I did not see the end of that game. I saw Tanner Houck pitching pretty well earlier in that game. He he did. He pitched well. Jake Diekman, if he's available on your wire and you could just pick up a guy, go pick him up. Go pick him up. Diekman struck out a lot of people throughout his career, though, right? Like that's like Jake Diekman was like one of those middle relievers. I seem to remember you liking Diekman at some point, Nando. I, it must have been like a kid. I don't think I ever thought, he, oh, maybe, you know what? Oakland, maybe 2020 in the shortened season before uh, Trevor Rosenthal made that crazy comeback out of nowhere. Yeah, something like that. And you were like, Jake Diekman's really good. And then, you, oh, then you went in and you took away the fab bid and we didn't get him. That's probably how it went. Yeah, I'm sure that <laughs> I'm sure, I'm sure that's, exactly, that's exactly how it played. Exactly how it played. Did anyone watch the Blue Jays versus the Rangers this weekend, which was insane? Every time that I was, saw the score, it, it it changed a lot. There was one game they were the Jays went way down. I think they were down six zero, and like ten minutes passed, and it was seven six. They were up. It's like whoa, this is this is the offense that we were promised, right? This is top to bottom as good as any lineup in baseball. And I think the thing that I like about the Blue Jays, they copied the peak Astros approach, not only having guys that do damage, but they have guys that don't strike out a lot. That is what makes Toronto extra nasty to deal with as a lineup. But you know what? The Rangers never stop fighting. That team looks tough. They have no pitching. John Gray is hurt, unfortunately. That's crazy. That's just a blister, though, right? It's just a blister. Yeah, but he'll be out. He'll be out for two starts. Adelise Garcia is walking constantly two days after I just traded him in an OBP league. Nando, did you watch Joey Votto uh, talking to the booth for 12 minutes? Yes, I I did see some of that. It was awesome. By the way, Joey Votto, 36 home runs last year. So you never know, right? In only 129 games. So if he plays a full slate with the DH, that's more possible. Get it 40. I love Joey Votto, but he's turning 39 in September. DVR is such an ageist, we've learned today. (laughs) I mean, I'm old and borderline useless. Votto's older than me, and he's not useless. But how bright can the future be? Well, I'll I'll tell you one thing. Taylor Hearn. Taylor Hearn, baby. I think we've gotten pretty much everything on this rundown. Is there anything left? Jake Diekman, Taylor Hearn, main event, Buxton. No, no we, we hit it all. Yeah, we did all right. Daniel we should Barr, we wrap it up. I think we can. You've got, you got to go pick up some some people. Kids. Well, I had another yeah. 11 minutes, but it seems like we've hit about the hour, and I know DVR likes it when it's not triple digits. <laughs> we got to go. Either way, always a, always a pleasure, and so excited. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the show uh, it gives us a chance to get together and, and talk about it. It's super fun. Um, yeah. So anyway, that's it. Take us home, Ian. No chance. You're <laughs> the best at this. This is like, you know, you're, you do it. For the man who thinks 29 years old is old. 
way, way too old. For the man who's going to be introducing all new characters this season, including wacky neighbor Frank Stample on the phone, Ian Khan. <laughs> Frank Stample. That's great. Yes. Uh, thank you, my friends. I'm Nato Nafino. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy this. We hope this is helpful. We'll see you next time. Bye. Good talk. Good talk.